begin our discussion of Parshas Achremos Kedoshim. The halacha is that, I feel like in that when we split up, the, when we have two Parshas on one Shabbos, we have to split it up exactly equal. We have to have three and a half aliyos in each Parsha. Right, so the, uh, that's why Revi'i is the aliyah that starts off in the first Parsha and goes through the second Parsha. That's to be equality. Three and a half and three and a half. So tonight, as Hashem, we will have three um, Divrei Torah on each of the Parshios, plus one on the Haftorah, which kind of relates to the uh, to both. So we could be Yotzei the three and a half. As we'll see, there is something unique about uh, the Haftorah of this uh, of this Shabbos that doesn't apply elsewhere. Okay, so let's start off with a thought, uh, just about the name of the first Parsha, Achremos. Right. So the Pasuk of Avaydabar Shemoshaleimar. The Pasuk says Achremos Shem Bnei Aaron. Uh, after the death of the sons of Aaron, when they came close in front of Hashem Yamusu and they died, and Hashem gives Aaron a Kohen the command of the Avoda of Yom Kippurim. The Avoda of Yom Kippur. But colloquially, we call this Parsha Achrei. Parsha's Achrei. Parsha's Achremos. That's not the most uh, beautiful. Um, that catches. The Parsha has nothing to do with Achremos. Right? It has to do with Yom Kippur. It has to do with other, other halachos. And yet, Achremos. The name was the name that merited throughout the generations is, is what we call it. So what is unique? What, it's after. Achrei. After. The other, other names, Noah, Lech Lecha, Vayera, Hashem saw the Malachim. Every Parsha has, has something special. Even Bawak and Yisra. You know, so that, that, that captures an idea. But what idea is meant by Achrei? After. After Aaron's sons died. Was that, was, what was unique about that event that what's the message that we learn from after their death? Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it's her source. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, in the beautiful, the new beautiful set of the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's Divrei uh, Torah on Chumash. So this is from that uh, that set. Achrei means after, as in the opening verse of our parsha. Hasidic thought explains that Aaron's sons did not die because they were wicked and transgressed God's will. Again, many many taught them exactly what the chait was. Right, discussed Parsha Shmini, we discussed it a little bit, um, which we didn't, we didn't get to discuss, that was uh, right after Yantif, but there are many different Pshatim and Chazal and, um, and um, in, the, in the Rishonim what exactly their chait was, which is, all it says in the Torah is that they brought a strange fire to God. So all the different Pshatim that the, the Mepharshim give. It says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, it wasn't that they were wicked or they did something wicked, rather they were righteous individuals who wanted to come closer to God. But this yearning became so strong that it reached the point where they no longer wished to continue a normal bodily existence, which makes a person feel distant from his maker, and they simply expired. They felt so close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They felt, I want to be totally ruchani. I want to be totally spiritual. I want to be like a malach. They felt. And the problem is, what was the problem then? What's so, what's so, what's so negative about that feeling? Shouldn't we always strive for spirituality? At first glance, he continues, it might appear that the yearning of Nadar Aviyot to come closer to God was misplaced, as God clearly doesn't want us to die out of love for Him. In truth, however, Nadar Aviyot's desire to come close to God and leave their bodily existence was entirely entirely appropriate to have on a temporary basis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of course, wants us to feel spiritual, wants us to feel, Hashem, I just want to be closer to you and closer to you and feel my limitations based on the fact that I'm a buster of Adam. We have to have these types of moments of inspiration. But their fault was they wanted to be there permanently. They wanted to be in the spiritual realms. 
they didn't want to bring it back down to their earthly, physical, mundane existence. Their fault was in their inability to redirect those energies back into normal, everyday life after a period of heightened spiritual arousal. In other words, and he continues beautifully in the next column, if a person does not have times when he simply wishes to leave the confines of corporeal existence, if we never feel like we want to jump out of our skin and get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we're lacking in a certain way. But on the other hand, when a person does have these feelings, he must eventually come to the realization that God placed him in this world for a purpose, which necessitates his soul remaining in his body. The purpose of life is not to be a malach. The purpose of life is to use my spiritual feelings to sanctify my physical life. So the intense spirituality of Nadav and Aviyah was actually a good thing from which we should all learn. The fact that they failed to channel their love of God back down to earth was indeed a fault. But that does not mean that we could learn, not learn from what they did. And that is why he says the Parsha is called Acharei because after the death now we know and we appreciate what exactly the high standard that we have to have. We have to learn from them. After their death, we can still learn from their death. Even though it seems like Kodesh Baruch Hu shot them down, but we can still learn from them to do something in the positive realm. So what do we learn from them? We have to have those spiritual highs. We have to feel those, that closeness to Hashem, but then we have to bring it back down to earth. It's a fascinating Gemara that also expresses this as well. The Gemara in Brachas Taflam and Beis, you have in source number two. The Gemara says, the first part of it is famous, the second one is not as famous. The Mishnah says in Meseches Brachas that Hasidim Rishonim used to prepare for davening for an hour. Before davening, he used to prepare for davening. Shoim Shoachas Umas Paulim. So we could all understand that. We could understand you have to prepare for davening, you have to get into the right frame of mind. But the Gemara adds on. Minon immediately after the Gemara adds in source number two, you have to have a Pasuk, Asher Yeshev Yisecha. But then Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi adds, not only an hour before davening, but an hour after davening. Why would we need an hour after davening? Tani Namiachi, the Bryce also says it. And the Gemara goes psukim. So ask many of them first. I can understand why you need an hour before davening to get ready for davening, to get in the mood. What do you need to stay an extra hour for davening? After davening, you finish davening, you leave. Why? Okay, don't rush out of davening. Wait till davening finishes. You don't have to take off your tefillin during Ovalatzion. We can wait till after Aleinu, after the Yom. But, but more than that, so says, Wamsha might be exactly our point. By davening, we reach such a spiritual high. We're talking to the Almighty, right? A first person. We're talking right to Hashem. But then we got to bring it back into our lives. we got to think about the messages and be, have the ability to say, I'm not going to remain up to Baruch Hashem. I'm not lifting Hashem always. But I'm going to bring, in, in, a, in the intense way, but I'm going to bring that back into my life. That's the message of not only an hour before davening, but an hour after davening, what Nadav and Aviyu didn't want to do. And Alpi Kabbalah, that's what many sources say, is the message of Isruchag. What's Isruchag? Okay, today we don't say Tachron. Wonderful, an extra day. So what's this Rechag about? So again, a number, of, a number of explanations given, but one is this exact idea when we have a, such a spiritual high on Yantif. It's hard for us to get, to leave that. So we need some time to slowly, we need some time to slowly bring it, bring it back into our lives. Sorry? It's like Malava Malka. It's like Malava Malka. We have all of these ideas. And one final idea where we see this. I didn't give it to you, but you have to look, look in the, in the, uh, if you look in the, uh, in the Chumash, the end of Parshas Vayera, of course, the last parak in Parshas Vayera 
is, uh, last discussion, is the Akedah, Akedah Yitzchak. And the Parsha, though, does not end with Akedah Yitzchak. The Akedah Yitzchak is a tremendous high of the Jewish people, but if you look at the last few psukim of Parsha's Vayera, there are, a, there are a few added psukim where Avram Avinu goes back to his life. Very mundane, down-to-earth psukim. And it's somewhat of a letdown from the Akedah. The whole parak, the whole parak of, uh, of the Akedah, and then you have these two very mundane psukim. What exactly are these... So why are these, these extra psukim at the end of Parshas Vayera? So I heard from my Rebbe Rav Rosenzweig, it's exactly the point that we're saying. The Akedah was such a monumental moment in the history of the Jewish people. Avram Avinu Yitzchak, ready to give his life. So why there's so, such ordinary mundane psukim? Avram didn't leave it on the, on the mountain. Avram didn't leave it on the Akedah. Avram brought it back into his life, into his ordinary, mundane, everyday psukim. Avram Avinu didn't leave it there. That's why. That's the ultimate Parshas Vayera doesn't end with the Akedah. It ends with Avram Avinu walking back into his life. That's the first idea. That was the message of Acharei from Nadav and Aviyu. That's the message of Isruchag. That's the message of Sha'achas La'achar Hatfila. And that's the message of the end of Parshas Vayera. As we continue, as we know, the first uh, section of Parshas Acharemos is all about the Avodah of Yom Kippur, the laning of Yom Kippur morning, the Avodah of Yom Kippur. To focus on one pasik, which then was going to relate to the to the entire uh, to the entire parsha. Pasik base says Hashem says to Moshe to tell Aaron, Daber El Aaron. Uh, um, sorry, let me just find it here. Daber Daber El Aaron, Kodesh. Tell your brother Aaron he should not go in Bechal Ace at all times to the Kodesh. He shouldn't go in all the time. Aaron should not go in all the time. With this, with the following avoda, Aaron will go in. And the parsha goes on to describe the entire avodas Yom What is amazing, notes to the Vilna Gon, the word Yom Kippur is not mentioned all the way until all the way at the end of the parak. At the end of the parak, after the whole discussion of the Seir Lashem, the Seir Lazazel, all the way at the end in Pasach Chavtes, V'hoysa lachem l'chukas olam b'chodesh ha-shvi b'asa l'chodesh, t'anu as nafsho sechem, v'chom olachem l'osasu, chaviyom ha-zei yichapro aleichem. It doesn't even say it b'feirit. It says this is a chok and, and you fast. Why doesn't it start off by saying this is what you do on Yom Kippur? Why didn't Moshe tell Aaron? Why didn't Hashem tell Moshe to tell Aaron? This is what you do on Yom Kippur. So says the Vilna Gon, quoted by other sources as well. Get okay, somewhat of a well-known Vilna Gon. If you're medayik in the Psukim, source number three, Aaron HaKohen was not limited to Yom Kippur. Says the Gra, Amnam, line eight, based on Midrashim. He says it's based on Midrashim. Line 11, let's start. Yesh eis yom, yesh eis la'shana, yesh eis la'olam, Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe. Sorry, skipping. Ella bechol shosh yirotzeli kanes yikanes rakshi yikanes peseder hazeh. Says the Gra, Aaron Akoin could have gone into the Kodesh Kadashim whenever he wanted, as long as he did this avoda. What did the Pesukim say? Bezos yavo Aaron al Kodesh. With this, with this avoda, you're right. Later, Kohanim gedolim 
will only be allowed to do it on Yom Kippur. But Aaron HaKohen was special. He was the first. He was the first Kohen Gadol. He had a unique status and says the Grah, the Pashas of the Psukim is, he was not limited to Yom Kippur. Only other Kohanim Gedolim were limited. Aval Aaron, Hayamutuli Kanis Bachal Shavasha, but Aaron could go in whatever he wanted. Rakshi Kanis Kesedra Avoda Hamur Baparsha Hazos. That's the Chiddush of the Pashas of the Psokim. And says the girl, with this you understand, Lafizel line 18, Matok Maod, Pshata Parsha. If you look throughout these Psokim, Shukin Bakala Parsha Loniskar Kim Aaron. The focus of this whole section is Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Usually you have Aaron or any, any, uh, uh Kohen Acharav, or any Kohen Gadol that follows him. Yet here, this whole parish is Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Why? Because it's unique to Aaron. Aaron could do this any day that he wanted. Aaron wants to go in on the middle, the middle of Teves, middle of Kislev, no problem. Bezos Yavaran al-Kodesh. Even though later Kohanim Gedolim would be limited. That is the thought of the Grah. He continues on the next page as well. He explains this is how, why there might be some differences between how we do the Avoda uh, on a regular Yom Kippur and how it's recorded in the Torah Shebech Because again, that was specifically about Aaron HaKohen, not exactly about other, other um, Kohanim Gedolim. But what the Grud doesn't explain is why Aaron was different. So Aaron HaKohen had the power to go into the Kodesh Kadashim any day of the year, whenever he wanted. Why? So he was the first. But what makes the, what show he's so Elazar was the second. So what makes Aaron different? So now enter Meshachachma. The Meshachachma takes this gra and then explains why Aaron was different. It says the Meshachachma in source five. First quoting the Medrash. Medrash not like you think, right? Lo not once. In a while, Ella Bachal Shashu, who wrote Salikanis, Salikanis. Whenever Aaron wanted to go in, he could go in. Rakshi, Kanis, Pesay, the Razet, right? Aaron would have to bring the Sir Lazazel and the Sir Lashem and do everything if he wants to go into the Godish Kadashim. And then he quotes Sefer Gavia, Hakasef, Hufa, Pesay, Magra. Da Aaron, Hayayacho, Likanis, Tamit, Pesay, the Razet. Aaron could go in whenever he wanted. Rakshi, Banav, Lo Hayu, Rasham, Biom, Rak, Biom, Akipurim. Right? His shoulder can only, only go in on Yom Kippur. Why? Viniskaola, Taimo, you got to look in the Svarno to understand the Meshachachma. Rav Cooperman, who was put out the, as my, my wife tells me, that he considered the Meshachachma a mace mitzvah. And therefore he felt obligated to come out with an edition of the Meshachachma that makes it readable and understandable for the Hamon Am. The, the amazing work that he did. So he writes in many notes there that the Meshachachma was influenced by the Svarno in many of his uh, Pshatim. Many times, but he doesn't even say it. Here he quotes the Svarno. But there's a connection many times between the Meshachachma and the Svarno. So says the Meshachachma, this gra that Aaron could go in whenever he wanted could be understood based on the Svarno's pshat at the end of Emmer. What does the Svarno say? Why does it say by the Ktores, the Avoda of the Ktores, specifically in Emmer, Aaron HaKohen, Mishum Shebaosan Arbaim Shana, during those 40 years in the Midbar, stay on the Mishkan. It rested there. It was always there constantly. Right, what does it say at the end of Parshas Kisisa? Right, the Anan came down, Moshe was shining, right? The Bnei couldn't get close. The Anan was there. 
So in the Hecha where the Anan was always, Hayadino Osar Baim Shana, Kamo Biyomakipurim. It was, it wasn't specifically, explained the Meshachachma using the Sfarno, it wasn't specifically Aaron, but it was that time period in the Midbar. It wasn't that Aaron was, Aaron was unique, but that's not the reason that he had this power. The reason was that Hashem's presence resided every day. Just like we know that on Yom Kippur, Kaddish Baruch, whose presence is there in a unique way. As the Gemara says, When he is when he is there more than any other day. And the Gemara even says, you think this is a Zachron Torah, the Gemara says in Yuma, that Hasatan, the Gematria of Hasatan is 364. Because there's one day a year the sun has no power, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there, in Olam Hazeh, and that's Yom Kippur. Hashem is always there. So Yom Kippur Bizman Hazeh is just, it was, Yom, it was the state of Yom Kippur every day in the times of the Midbar. Because Hashem's presence was always close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If that's true, so Aaron could go whenever he wanted. Aaron was only Aaron didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. He quotes the Sfarno, and that now he relates it. Therefore, all those forty years, says the Meshachachma, he had rishus to go in in this order. And that's what he says. That's why the only at the end of the parsha, putting all together, not until the last pasuk in the whole section. Do we have any inkling that this is talking about Yom Kippur? It's amazing. The first 28 psukim of the parsha talk about Avodas Yom Kippurim. It does not mention Yom Kippur. It says the Meshachachman, that's the point. Because when Moshe gave Aaron these commands, it wasn't unique, limited to Yom Kippur. At the end, this that you do every day, that you can do every day, they're going to do this on Yom Kippur in the future. Aaron didn't, but it was in the forty. It was at the end. He was Nifter and Av, so there was one. You're saying there was one Yom Kippur. There was one Yom Kippur. Aaron. Right. Excellent. According to this Svara, exactly. According to the Svara, the Yes. According to the Svara. No. No. There was the Be'er. The Be'er was Miriam. The Moshe had the Man, and the Anan was Aaron. Ah. So the Anan, when Aaron died, the Anan was because Aaron. So the Anan might have left. So even though there was from Av to Nisan, right, the only yard site recorded in the Torah, or Shchodesh Av, is Aaron's yard site. The only yard site, Beferish. Zion Adar, we, we do the math. But it doesn't say it, Beferish, in, uh, in the Torah. We know that from when the month stopped and say for Yeshua, it's the only yard site. So, right, oh, beautiful. So, I, what about after Aaron died? The answer is no, because then the Anan left as well. Okay. Wait, what's that? No. Now I'm just going back and forth. Didn't it say that even after he died, it might have stayed Beschus Moshe, but when Moshe died, they all left? I think there's a Chazal like that. That even though it was Beschus Aaron, it might have stayed, I don't remember. Might be, uh, might be uh, discussions. Ah, Sevim Kin, Afala, right. Okay, Baruch Hashem. So, right, let's continue for a second. So, Azkel Yisrael, Kamalachay, Shari, Sevim Kapara, Vim Kin, Afala Yazar, Achrei Moshe, Hilo, Rishus Kane. Right, so, Lechor, he said that, or he might have said that theoretically had Danan stayed. I don't know if you can be medayik so much there, but either way, at least the uh, we know the um, the svar uh, for it. Okay, either way, that is the the uniqueness of Aaron Akoin, and that is the gra and the meshachachma based on the svar. Good. As we said, we have to have equal equal time, so three and three. Let's have a third thought related to Parshas Achremos. 
This thought I heard from Rabbi Bernstein, Rabbi Isaac Bernstein, I mentioned in the past, in the name of Rabbi Meir Shapiro. Let's put three Gemaras together and we'll have a problem. As we know, one of the unique avodos that was done on Yom Kippur, right, the major part of Achremos, was special avodos hadam, special actions with blood, either of the pa or of the sa'ir, inside the heichal. Usually blood was sprinkled on the mizbeach achitz, on the outer large mizbeach, either the bottom part of it, the top part of it, but on Yom Kippur and a few other times, a few other karbanos, you sprinkle inside the heichal. Where? Where do you sprinkle? So it's not 100% clear from the psukim. You sprinkle near the curtain, that, near the parochas that separates the heichal from the Kodesh Kadash. There is a machlokas in Mesechas Yuma Dafnun Zayin, whether this blood was sprinkled directly on the curtain or just towards the curtain. On the curtain or towards the curtain. Says the Gemara Yuma Dafnun Zayin, Tana, Kishihu maze eino maze al ha-parochas, ela kineged ha-parochas. The Tanakhama says it wasn't on the curtain. It was towards the curtain. But it wasn't right. We say, Achaz Lamal, Levesheva Lamata, all of those. Are you going on the curtain or towards the curtain? So the Tanakhama says, it was towards the curtain. Amar Rabbi Yelazar Bar Rabbi Yossi, Ani Reisi Habaromi. Rabbi Yossi says, no, I saw the paroches in Rome. Vahayu Aleha Kamatipe Damim. And there was blood on it. Shel Parvisar Yomakipurim. There was blood on it for the Karbanis. It was towards. It was on it. I saw the paroches, says Rabbi Lazar Yossi. And then they say, how do you know which carbon it was? Okay, because he saw a certain order, a certain way the dro- drops were lying. But either way, he says, it had to be on it, not towards it. That's one Gemara. There's another Gemara. This Gemara is in Me'ila, Daf Yudzayin, Amabez, where the Gemara gives the background, when was he in Rome and how did he see the parochas? Right, we know, right? We have the Mesorah, that Rome. We don't need uh, Titus's arch to, uh, to, to be a riot for us. The Gemara talks about it. The Gemara talks about how certain Kalim were carried away from the, um, from the Mikdash after the Horban uh, the, uh, Bayashani. And says the Gemara in Mi'ilah the following story. There was a certain shade, there was a certain demon that went into the daughter of uh, one of the Caesars. One of the Caesars. So the Gemara, the, the Ben Tamalion is the name of the uh, shade. So Yazak goes Ben Tamalion, Rasor Chamavoi Machen. So the Gemara, the Gemara tells the story. Um, let's go to line six. Omar Ben Tamalion say, Ben Tamalion say. So they call, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. Oh, but Barti the Kesar, right? He went in, the shade went into the daughter of the Kesar and it was making her crazy. So Kimata Hasam, so they called Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Yossi, who was an expert in terms of exercising demons from, from people he was known. So Amar, Ben Tamayon, say, Ben Tamayon, say, get out, get out. Oh. So he left using some magical powers. So Azav, so Amar Lahon, She'ilu koma de Islachon the Mishal, says, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'll give you, says the Caesar. And he went into the treasure house to find any treasure that he wanted to take. And he found, he found certain kalim. He saw certain things there. I saw, I was in Rome and I saw the curtain. So he found what he saw, but he also saw the curtain there. So that's with the background that he saw. That he had seen the curtain. And that's why he says it had to be that it was sprinkled on the parochas and not in front of the parochas. 
The problem that Rav Meir Shapiro asked is a third Gemara. A Gemara in Gitin, which we're familiar with from Tishabov. There's a whole kina about this. The Gemara there tells the tragic story of what Titus did when he came into the Beis HaMikdash. Right, based on a Pasuk in, uh, in the end of Dvarim, second line of source number eight, Zetitus Harasha, She Chirev Vegidev Klapimala, who blasphemed and cursed Hashem. Ma'asa, what did he do? Tafazona Biyada, he took a woman, the Nechmas Tabais Kachia Kadashim, Rahman al he went into the Kodesh Kadashim, the Hitsiya Sefer Torah, he laid out a Sefer Torah in the Kodesh Kadashim, the Avra Aveira. And he did an Aveira on the Sefer Torah in the Kodesh Kadashim. The Natal Saif, and after that he took a sword, the Gider Esa Parochas, and he speared the Parochas. The Naasen Nes, and a miracle occurred, Blood started spurting out of the curtain, of the parochas. And in a euphemism way, he thought he killed God. Oh, he's bleeding. I killed him. Shenamar, and he quotes a pasik. That's the Gemara. Amazingly tragic, tragic story. Ask her, Mayor Shapiro. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Yossi went to Rome and saw blood on the parochas, and therefore he says it must be that the Carbonos' blood was thrown onto the parochas. But one minute. Maybe it was the blood from Titus' story. Who says it was the blood from the Carbonos? How did he know which blood it was? It's good kasha. How did he know if it, maybe it would, this story happened during the Carbon? He saw it after the Carbon. How did he know which blood it was? First of all, to have shots on your fingertips, to ask the kasha, of how could he prove it from there? Yuma, me'ila, gitin. You got to have it all in front of you, right? He he did he did he didn't just do dafyomi or Shapiro. He might have come up with the idea of dafyomi, but but he uh, he had it. So says Mayor Shapiro, what you must say is that it was the same blood. It was the same blood. What do you what is what does that mean? It was a bizayon. It would have been a bizayon, says Amir Shapiro in the pshat of this of, of the of the Tana, to sprinkle the parochas with blood and it stayed like that. And that's how it would look to the Kohanim that came into the menorah. It would look, it would look dirty. They cleaned the base of Midrash every day. They swept it out with water. It's not pretty to have blood all over the place and staying there. So it must be that Baderach Nase, when they sprinkled on the curtain, it was magically absorbed into the parochas. When Titus speared the parochas, what happens? The kedusha left. The Shechina left, right? As as Titus wouldn't have been able to do what he did. So the Shechina left. Once the Shechina leaves, the blood comes out. There's no more Shechina there that that's holding up the nace. So it's really the same dam. How did he know it was this? That was that dam. It was the same dam, says Ramir Shapiro, and that's how Blazer Rabiosi could prove that you have to sprinkle the dam onto the paroches because it's all it's all the same dam. Lechora, he knew that story. Titus probably made a big a big uh, it's famous the story in those days. So he knew about it and he still said this because this is what he must have thought that this was the dam that was absorbed that then came out when he pierced it. Avkan Parshas Achremos. Now let's switch over to Parshas Kedoshim. Start off with something famous. First year of the Parshas year or so well, at least do it. Again, it's a, it's a thought that we can review every year because it's that crucial to our lives. And that is the first Ramban in Parshish Kedoshim. <clears throat> Rashi, first, 
the beginning of Parshish Kedoshim, of course, we have the Pasuk of Kedoshim Tihiyu. We shall be holy. Be a holy nation. Kedoshim Tihiyu. Rashi says, what is Kedoshim Tihiyu? A very limited, specific Sivui. What does it say? Havi prushim min ha'arayus, umin ha'avera. A kadosh, many times in the Torah, means separated. Hashem is kadosh, that means he's separated, he's parush, and he's holy. Very limited understanding of the Pasuk, says Rashi. Says the Ramban, there are many other mitzvot and averas that relate to our kadusha and our prushim min ha'arayus. I think this Pasuk is telling, saying something different and saying something basic and saying something that's that's that it's an overarching overarching principle for us to learn. And this is the Ramban Lashitaso, just by the way, the Ramban does this to many psukim throughout the Torah, which seem to be somewhat general psukim. The Ramban says the same similar idea on the Pasuk of Asisa Yashav HaTov and Pashas Vashanan. The Ramban says a similar idea by Tamim Tiyam Hashem Alokecha, also in Sefer Dvarim. Whenever you have these, these general type of psukim, the Ramban picks up on them and uses them as messages for life. So says the Ramban here in source number nine, Vaha Inyan. I think Kedoshim Tihu is telling you us a major principle. The Torah has a litany of mitzvos and averos of things that we're allowed to eat and we're not allowed to eat and women we can marry and we can't marry. And the Torah gives us allowances in every area of life. Right? We don't believe that we are supposed to be celibate. We don't believe in what other religions believe. We're supposed to eat as little as possible and we're supposed to uh, be, uh, we're not supposed to be social. We spoke a little bit about um, last week about Shazri Mitzorah, about being social, but just conquering and being Makadish our speech. We're not supposed to be silent and not have a regular life. We're supposed to be involved. This heter, there's, there's, there's an allowance in every physical area. In Cain, but if that's true, says the Ramban, A person could, with, without violating any Avera, not act like a very spiritual being, and not act in a quote-unquote Torah way. I'll have wine and meat three times a day, and a man will be with, a, with, a, with his wife, Three times a day, and he'll and he won't speak properly. So who's Where does it say that's Asr in the Torah? Rabbi, show me where in the Shulchan Aruch this is Asr. Show it to me. It's one of those gray areas, right? One of those grays, right? Now, where does it say it? The Hine Yihiyeh. He has this famous phrase: Naval Birshus HaTorah. A person could be a disgusting person with the license of the Torah. Birshus HaTorah. Therefore, the Torah, says the Ramban, said, after, after Achremos, after so many mitzvahs, you know what the Torah says? Kedoshim tiyu. V'tziva b'davar klali sheniyu prushim in hamosaros. The Torah allows you to do a lot, but you know what? Still be a holy person. How would God want you to act in this situation? You ha- we have allowances, but we have to know how to use them. We have to use them in a proper way, continuing where it's underlined. The Kadesh at Smomen Ayad Bemiyuto, Kamosh Karakasav, Hanazir Kadosh, Hanazir is Kadosh, Yafesh Minatumma, and all these. This is what the Ramban says. After all the mitzvahs, we have Kedoshim Tiyu. He quotes also at the end the Pasuk of Asisa Yashavatov. The Ramban gives an example. Give an example. Let's say I'm selling my, my, my field. There's a halacha in Mesechas Baba Mitzvah at the end called Dina de Bar Mitzvah. The halacha of the border owner. What does that mean? If I'm selling my field, I'm supposed to ask the guy who lives next door, does he want to buy my land first? Right? I'm not supposed to sell it to somebody who lives somewhere else. Why? 
because the guy next door, I'm getting the same price, the guy next door could use it, he can, he can now have a double area. It's much more useful to him. I, is that a mitzvah? Is that an Avera? That's for Asisa Yashav What would be? What would you think, what would be expected in this situation? Right, it's a similar idea that we know from Rashi and Sefer Precious. What did Yosef Avinu, he has Potiphar, Dmust Yokno Shal Aviv, is in his window. What would my father want me to do here? What would HaKadosh Baruch want me to do here? Kedoshim Tihu is besides any specific prat of a mitzvah and avera, we have to be, we have to be a Kadosh, is what HaKadosh Baruch wants me to do. It's an excellent are, question, was, but even in other words, here we are, many different types of Jews, and we're all living a Torah life. But clearly, according to some of us, some of us are not. Nevertheless, still not kadosh. We're not right. living a kadosh. Correct, kadosh, 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 and tihu. So the, the, Ramba, the, the Ramban would agree and would emphasize that kadosh and tihu is only after the six thirteen. If you're going to violate any of the six thirteen by trying to be a kadosh, that means you're not a kadosh. So, Kedoshim Tiyu is an overarching added, but I can't make up my own Kedoshim Tiyu. First, I have to follow what Kedosh Baruch Hu wants me to do. You don't have to, those are explicit. The Atla Recha Kamocha is explicit. Any, uh, many halachas are explicit. Once I do what's explicit, I have to apply those principles to areas where are not, they're not, they're not explicit. But I, I, that's step one. Step one is, is um is is what's explicit. That's what the the Arachayim Hakadosh even says on Bechukosai and Bechukosai Teilechu Vesmisvosai Tishmoru. First, as Bechukosai, the Chukim, what it says, the laws. That's step one. After that, you want Shmira, you want extra Shmiras that you want to do extra. That's only after Bechukosai Teilechu. That's step one. So Achman Olislan, there are right, there are there are in, uh, certain among us we can never we can never uh, skip steps, and if we skip steps, it's probably get our our whole philosophy might be skewed. Um, okay. Um, just to add on one thought to that, uh, the Ramban, Rav Ochanan Wasserman says a very, basically the same idea in source number 11, um, where he discusses uh, the idea of listening to the Rabbanan. The power of listening to the Rabbanan. It says, it says, Ubezei Yuvan, Inyan Sasem Ashabatsinu Gzeris Rachamim Gabkodem Ma'an Torah. Not only listening to the Rabbanan is there a mitzvah in the Torah, but we find that they were dinin to Rabbanan even before the Torah was given. Right, the Gemara says in Yuma, Avram kept Erev Tafshilin. Erev Tafshilin was it, right? We spoke about it in Beitza. Erev Tafshilin. Right, it's going to come up in Eretz Yisrael in a few weeks, something that hardly ever comes up, right? Friday Shabbos is Shavuos. So, uh, Friday Shavuos, but, uh, going into Shabbos. So, what kind of Dindar Abundant is there before the Torah was given? So, he says that, or he says the idea that, um, the, the, the mitzvah of chinuch says a machlokes is the mitzvah of chinuch. According to most postings, it's only a mitzvah de rabbanan. And is it a mitzvah on the child? Is it a mitzvah on the parent? Let's say it's a mitzvah de rabbanan. Well, midaraisa, we have no mitzvah to educate our children. Midaraisa, you can let your child do whatever they want. Midarabbanan, they came up with this new idea. You have to educate your child in the proper way. Says rabbanan, that can't be. Says rabbanan, the pratim, the details are de rabbanan, but the idea of educating our child, obviously. 
that's Kedoshim to you. That's what, that's what Kedoshim Hu wants. He has this quote Kedoshim to you. But he said that's obviously what Hashem wants. So, Oschaf Beis on the bottom right. The Komach at Sivu Chachamim on a Yodim Shekinu and Gamrats on Hashem. The Dover Zelatas Betsoni Yisbara called by Olam. If the Rabbanan who are Mali Vagadush with Full with all the six thirteen and the ex- and the understanding of them that if they say something, it's obviously we believe that that is Ratzon Hashem. That is what Hashem wants us to do, and it even adds maybe that's Pshat in a pasuk in Yirmiyahu that talks about the Chorban Abayis. In the second column, he says, "Ubazef shal afarish kavanas hakasa biYirmiyahu ubanu as b'mos habal lesrofes b'neim ba'ish alos labal asher lo tzivisi v'lo dibarti v'lo alsa elibi." What did we do wrong? Hashem says, they're doing things that I never commanded and I never told them and never went up in my heart. Three phrases. I never commanded, I never told them, and it never went up in my heart. Why? What's the three phrases? Says Rabbi beautiful. He named, because of Hazem Mefurish, ki shlosha chelke Torah. There are three parts of Torah. Hanikra tzivui, commanded part, mitzvah. Hanikra dibur, spoken part. And three, which might not be a mitzvah, a spoken part might be for a certain time period, right? Hashem says, "Don't go out of your house tonight," right? That only applies during Yisias Mitzrayim, Pesach. We could go out of our houses the other nights for the rest of the doros. But number three, she'en alav lo tzivu v'lo dibur. Hashem doesn't command or say anything, but it's just also alibo, something that goes up in his heart. El ratzon Hashem bilvad. The hem called mitzvahs drabanan. Those could be the mitzvahs drabanan or any example of kedoshim to you. So that is something that we always have to keep in mind um, beyond um, the mitzvahs themselves, but not being a novel bershus, novel bershus hatol. Okay, let's continue now with um, another Ramban that is somewhat well known, but we'll continue with uh, other sources related to it as well. Now we know we have the famous pasuk in the sixth parsha of Yehatzal Recha Kamocha. Again, this parsha which is chock full, Achremos and Kadoshim, both being chock full, put them together. There are seventy nine mitzvos that we're going to read the Shabbos. We'll get back to that in uh, in a couple of minutes. But uh, again, one of the major mitzvos in Kadoshim is Yehatzal Recha Kamocha, which many of the mafreshim ask, how is that possible? You have to love your friend like yourself. It's impossible. How are we supposed to understand that? You can't love anybody like yourself. We're biased. We are, we're in the center of our lives by, you know, in, 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 uh, there's, there's no way of getting around that. I could do my best, but how do I, how do I fulfill this mitzvah? So there's the Ramban, the top of the page, page source 12. You're right. What does haflaga mean? Somewhat of an exaggeration. Not to be taken literally. Haflaga means don't take it literally. No, it doesn't mean that. But what does it mean? Well, first he continues. Kilo yikabel leiv ha'adam. It doesn't go on a person's heart. A person can't love his friend like he loves himself. It's just, it's just impossible. Va'od, and not only that, but there's halacha. Shikvar barbi kiva v'limin chayecha kovmin l'chayecha vercha. Right? The story, if you there's one jug of water, you drink it. You drink it. Chayecha kovmin. So what does v'atzorcha kamocha mean? What does Vyatarakamocha mean? It means I want good things to happen to my friend just like I want good things to happen to me. It doesn't mean that my friend is me and when I make money I give it to them and because that's impossible, says the Ramban. But it means I should have the same Ratzon and Ava 
and not be jealous and not be be um, thinking only of myself. That's what Vatakamacha means. Continuing where it's underlined. Avoyhafit Belibo La Olam Shia Hu Yosemimendo Bakaltova. The Yitzava cause of Shlote Prisos Akino Hazos Belibo. Avoyeho Barabo Satova La Khavero Kasha Adam Osalanafsha. I lived in Bar Park for a number of years, so I might have mentioned this story before. So there was a there was a very holy Jew that sat right behind me named Rabbi Khil. Rabbi Khil. And uh, he had been a shamish for many years in one of the shuls there, that now he was retired. So I once went over to him, I was talking to him, and I found out from some of the other Rabbanim there that he learned in Radin with the Chafetz Chaim. Learned in Radin with the Chafetz Chaim. One, one, one Shabbos morning after that, I went over to him, I said, and he spoke English, so I said, Can you tell, me, tell me some stories, tell me something about the Chafetz Chaim. Tell me. So he's like, so, so he says to me, so let me tell you one thing. The Chafetz Chaim was always crying. He was always crying. Always, always crying. When he heard of a simcha about a fellow Jew, Somebody had a baby. Somebody got engaged. He started crying. He was so happy. He was in their shoes. He started crying. Rahman al-Islam, when he heard of it, sorry, he was also crying. Because the Chafetz Chaim lived the They weren't him, but he felt for them. He felt the Ava. He felt whatever he wanted for himself, he felt for them. Just like we'll, we'd cry when we have a Simcha. He cried when his neighbor had a Simcha. What's the difference? What's the difference? I'm just as happy for them. There's nothing, nothing. I don't lose if something good happens to them. And I'm pained when something happens to somebody else. When something negative happens to something else. That's this Ramban. I have to try to be a little bit like the Chafetz Chaim. Having the Simcha and the Tzara of a fellow Jew. The Klayakar uses, also discusses the to explain a Gemara in Shabbos. Daflamad Aleph. Gemara that many of us are familiar with. Right? What happened? Shuv Maisa Benachriyecha Shabalafnei Shamai. A non-Jew comes in front of Shamai. Omer Lei Gaireni Amanasha Talamdeni Kol Torakula Kshani Omeda Rechalachas. Teach me the whole Torah while I stand on one foot. Famous Gemara. Right? It takes even if you don't miss a page of Gemara, it takes seven and a half years. But this convert, potential convert, wanted to learn it all while he stood on one foot. Shamai says, Get out of here. Uh, you're, you're, you're not a serious convert. Exactly what does that mean? He pushed him away. You know, many mefarshim given. Either way, that was Shammai. Balafnei Hillel Gairei. He came over Hillel, is it fine? He was Megairim. Right? Omar Lo. And what did he say? What was his message that he said to him while he stood on one foot? Da'alech Sani L'chavach Losevid. What's hated unto you, don't do to your friend. In other words, the the parallel of the Haftal Recha Kamocha. Zui Kala Tarakula, this is the entire Torah. The Idach and the rest, said Hillel, Pirushahu, that's commentary, Zilgamar, go learn it. This is the Gemara. The question that is asked is, this was the whole Torah. The Haftal Recha Kamocha was the whole Torah. Why didn't he just quote the Pasuk? It's a good question. Not for now. Why did he quote the negative and not the positive? Either way, it's the same idea. So that's the whole Torah. And what does it mean, the rest? The rest is just commentary. How do you get shatnis from Vyatla Recha Kamocha? How do you get the Isra of Achilas Dam tomorrow's parish Vyatla Recha Kamocha? That's commentary. Says the um, Klayakar. Ukafia Nira, the end of line three. Shager Hayager Tzedek, Vlo Hayamahatel Haytulim. The Ger was not joking around. He wasn't. He was a potential convert. He didn't want to know on one foot. What was he saying? 
He said, tell me a yisod, tell me a regel, tell me a pillar that the whole Torah stands on. That's what it means, regel achas. Which, tell me a foot that all the mitzvahs stand on. I never, I never learned ever and ever. So teach me, teach me a principle that all the other to- rest of the Torah comes out of. So what did he teach him? Says the Klayakar, there should be an etc. in the Pasuk. Don't just read it, but what does the rest of the Pasuk say? In other words, is the pillar of half the Torah. is the other foot. And what Hillel really told him was, he asked for one pillar, but Hillel told him the whole Pasuk, maybe it's two pillars that merge into one, maybe it's one unit. The one unit that you have to understand is that Torah is broken up into two categories and everything fits in to Ben Adam HaMakom and Ben Adam HaChavero. Kshamar Lan, the end of the paragraph. Kshamar Kana, Regal Echad, Hainu Yisod Echad, Lekol Sug. One Yisod for each type. V'yalkein Amar Lo Pasak, 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 V'yalkein Amar Lo so that's pshat. What was the question of the ger, and what Hillel's answer is, and what does it mean regalachat? So that was two ideas on the other rechakamocha. Number one, how do we do it? The Ramban with the story of the Chavetz Chaim, and number two, how do we explain the Gemara and Shabbos Tavlam and Aleph? That was with the Klayakar. One final thought related to kedoshim to even things out. Three and achremos, three and kedoshim. This is a thought I've mentioned in other shiurim, and that is the Sefer Hachinuch on this week's parsha. Sefer HaChinuch discusses the Avera of Nakama. The Avera of taking revenge. Shalom Lincoln. And the obvious question is, revenge is so sweet. You know, how could we not, just like we asked, how can we do Vavzor HaMocha, how can we not take revenge? It's so natural. Somebody pumps me, punches me in the face, I want to punch it back in the face. Right? When we ask our children, when we ask anybody, why'd you hit them? Because they hit me! It's logical. It's very logical. Well, we say, oh, don't hit them back. That's logical? No, it's logical. They do tit for tat. So how do we, what kind of attitude must we have to try not to, to try to, try to deal with this? Says the Sefer HaChinuch, line 10, source 15. Mishar she'a mitzvah. She'yeda ha'adam iten alibo. How do you, how, what hashkafa should we have to properly do this mitzvah that we have to know? Kikol asher yekreo mitovad ra, husiba she'tavo ala me'is Hashem baruchu. Everything that happens to a person is Meis Hashem. Umiyar ha'adam yarish achiv lo yedavar bilti ratzon Hashem barachu. From Hashem, from a man, will not come unless it's decreed by God. Everything that happens to me, people are used as pawns and tools of God to create certain situations for me and as my nisayin to act properly in each of these situations. When a person hurts me or is me, I know that it's, it was meant to happen. As man is an object, Rav Meir Torsky explained, this doesn't mean that man doesn't have a chirachashis. From his point of view, Hashem's going to take him to task for punching me in the face. 
But from my point of view, it was meant to happen. Because in life, we are both subjects and objects. We have full Bechir Rechavshis to do what we what is right. And if we don't do what is right, we're going to get paid for it. But we are also objects. And when things happen to us, then we have to react to them, not for the, to the person, because that person is just a tool from my point of view. So Nakama, what do you mean Nakama? I'm going to take revenge? It was, it was meant to happen. Akash Baruch will take care of him. But it was meant to happen to me. That's why Nakama is totally, this is a very hard attitude to have, especially Bishas Misa. But it's something that if we condition ourselves, hopefully we'll get there. And this is how Rabbi Tversky also explained the Psukim at the, at the beginning of Parshas Vayigash, where Yosef Atzadik reveals himself to his brothers. And he says, I am Yosef, Haod Avichai, we spoke about our length of Parshas Vayigash, and come close to me, and, and I'll, I'll prove to you that I'm, my bro- that I'm your brother, Pasuk Hey, in Surah 16, Don't get, be sad, don't be angry. Don't be so upset that you sold me here. Because you know what? It was meant to be. Because it was all so we could have Parnassah. There's been a famine here. There's going to be another five years. Hashem sent me here before you. So don't worry about it. It's okay. What did Yosef just do? Did he basically tell his brothers, the brothers, that they didn't do anything wrong? He whitewashed the whole event. You didn't do anything wrong. You're tzaddikim gemurim. You were meant to sell me. So then why later in history will we punish from Mechiris Yosef? So explain Rabbi Tversky. No, Yosef was just saying why he wasn't angry or going to take Nakama on them. Because as an object, it was meant to happen. It wasn't you that sold me. It was Baruch who sold me. From your point of view, Kodesh Baruch will take care of it. That's not my job. Kodesh Baruch will take care of it from your Bechir Rechavshis. But just from my point of view, I'm not going to get angry or take revenge because it was all from a Kaddish Baruch. That's Nakama and that's the story of Yosef. Okay, so now we're up to the half that we suggested at the beginning of the Shia. We mentioned there has to be three and a half aliyahs in each parsha. That's the halacha by two parshiyos. So we have three thoughts on, three thoughts on each parsha. So now we have to have one thought on the Haftorah, which is kind of a uh, little bit connected to, to both. How is it connected to both? The usual halacha is, if you look in the Ramah in Arachayim, in Surah 17, when there's a double parsha, we lane the Haftorah from the second parsha. That's the usual rule by double parshas. There is one exception to that rule, as there usually is, and that's the Shabbos. Ashkenazim lane the, the Haftorah of Achremos, not the Haftorah of Kedoshim. They lay in Achremos, which is a, uh, a uh, Haftorah from Sefer uh, Amos, one of the Treyasar, Halo Bnei Kushiim, Atemli. Shem says, you are like a, uh, a Kushi to me, calls Bnei Yisrael. Okay, that's the Haftorah we read. We don't read the Haftorah of, of, um, of Kedoshim. Why not? Why is this, why is this different? So the Mishnah Baruch explains, I didn't give you the Mishnah Baruch, the Mishnah Baruch explains, because the Haftorah in Kedoshim is very negative about Yerushalayim. Very negative about Yerushalayim. And there is an opinion in Mesechah's Megillah that you're not allowed to read a Haftorah that talks about To'evos Yerushalayim. You're not allowed to read a Haftorah that way. We don't paskin that way. But we try to be choshish for that shita. So if there's any other choice, we'll try to read the other one. If you don't have a choice. If you have Parshish Kedoshim, which is separate, you don't have a choice. But any other choice, we will try not to read that Parsha. So that is the... That is the um, that's the, what the Mishnah Baruch says. 
Answer of Solveitschik, though, what's the matter with reading about something negative about Yerushalayim? What, every Haftorah is such great things about Kala Yisrael? Parsh Shabbos Chazon, such great things about Kala Yisrael. So what's wrong with To'evot Yerushalayim? Not all Haftorahs are happy. And also, asked the Rav, is there any specific connection between the Haftorah that we do read, Halobnei Kushiyim, and Parshat Achremos? Explain the Rav. Are you sowed in general regarding Haftorahs? What is the point of a Haftorah? What's the point of a Haftorah? It's obviously parallel to each parsha. Maybe the olden days, they only read Haftorah instead of when there was a Xerah against Kriya Torah, so they had to they had to read that to remember to remember the Torah. But the Rebbe also explained that the Haftorah, every Haftorah, is to give chizuk to Klal Yisrael that there's going to be a Geula. And even though you're in Gaulus now, there's always hope. Every Haftorah, without exception, ends on a high note. Even if the whole Haftorah is Tochacha and there's some Nacham at the end. Even Shabbos Chazon. Even Asofasi fame that we read on Tisha B'av, There's always Nacham at the end. We always switch tunes. We go. We leave Eicha. We go back to the regular Haftorah tune. It's always meant to give us chizuk, and you don't have to look further than the brachas on the Haftorah. What are the brachas we say on the Haftorah? Just read them, right? We're matzik the din, circle amim tzadik l'chol adoros hakel anemana omer v'osak kodesh baruchu tzidok adin. And then what do we say? Neemana tu Hashem alkinu v'neemanim devarecha, and everything that you say is going to come true. And then we say rachem al tzion gibes chayin olazav zoshiyah meir v'meinu samchein belio anavi malchus beis dov. What are we talking about belio anavi for? We don't do that by kriyas haTorah. We don't have special brachas by Kriyas HaTorah. Bring us Eliyahu Navi. What does it have to do with Haftorah? Says the Rav. No, that's the point. The point of Haftorah is to give us chizuk and to tell us, don't worry, things are going to be better. Whether it's the Haftorahs that talk about Mashiach or the Haftorahs that don't talk about Mashiach. That's the, that's the point of a Haftorah in general and that's why we don't want, we'd rather not talk about Toivos Yerushalayim. We have to sometimes. We don't have a choice. But says the Rav, it's specifically appropriate this week. Because Parshas Achremos is the first time in the Torah where the Torah mentions the idea of Galos. The end of Parshas Achremos said the Rav, or it says, the land might spit you out. It's the first time we have the idea of Galos. So specifically for Achremos, we need to read a Haftorah that gives us Chizek. And the Haftorah from Achremos, if you look at it, I didn't give it to you, but it talks about going back to Eretz Yisrael. The Klai Yisrael are going to go back to Eretz Yisrael, who's going to bring us back and that's why that half Torah must be read for Parshat Kedoshin. One idea from the Rav. Maybe there's a second idea and well, this will finish. A second idea. And that is, as we mentioned before, these two Parshas have a lot of mitzvahs in them. Not just a lot. It is the most mitzvahs that is possible to read on one day of the year. The close second is Parshat Kiseitse. Parshat Kiseitse has 74 mitzvahs. These two together have 79 Kedoshim doesn't have, uh, um, uh, Mishpatim is not close, Re'e is not, uh, right? Nobody has, nobody has that close. 74 is Kiseitse, that's the next, that's the, the single largest parsha of mitzvos. but Achremus Kedoshim together is 79. So these parshios, this Kriya that we read, is all about our mitzvahs. And after all, that's what makes us unique. What makes us unique as Am Yisrael is our mitzvahs. That's what's going to bring us to Gula, as the Rav talked about. Says the Malbim, in Amos, in Source 18, what's the first pasuk of the Haftorah? Halobi bnei kush atemli. Hashem says, "You Jews, you're like a kushi to me, a kushi, a black person. What does what does that mean? 
We're like we're like a kushi to a baruch hu. Says the Malbim, this is a nechama. What's the nechama? Second line. Atem yuchadim li kibnei kushiim shehem mitzuyanim v'nikarim tamid umiyuchadim laavoseim al yidei shacharis oram. Just like you could pick them out in a crowd, out in a crowd because of their physical makeup, so too you could pick a Jew out in a crowd because of their spiritual makeup. Even though they're going to be mitarev in others, they will not be mitarev totally. Don't, even though you're going into Galus, but still you can remain my people. And maybe that's the connection to the parsha. The parsha is more mitzvah than any other parsha. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us special. When we keep the mitzvahs and we keep this uniqueness, then we stand out to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We're not like the next Pasuk in the Paftorah says, I took the Plishtim from Kaftor and Aram from Kir. Where are the Plishtim, explains the Malbim. Where are all the other nations that I exile to a different land? They're not around anymore. They don't have that uniqueness. They're not Kibnei Kushim to Kaddish Baruch Hu. But we're the only one. We're Bnei Kushim to Kaddish Baruch Hu. The Nitziv says the same idea in Parshas Balak. We explains Amavadad Yishkon in the words of, of Bilam. We are unique and what keeps us unique are all the mitzvahs that we have. So let us appreciate these parshas that we have more than any other Shabbos. We read more mitzvahs this Shabbos, right? Uh, 79. Let us make sure we learn the message of them, the messages of them, those that we spoke about, those that we didn't speak about. But Baruch Hashem, we have the schuss to read that and Haftorah for parshas Achremos.